real quick. How many of you try to guess the blanks before I get to them? Okay, most, most. <laughs> I, I always do. Whenever I, somewhere and somebody gives me a sheet with blanks and I'm always trying to guess, a, guess ahead. <clears throat> and, um, but anyway, um, as you can tell from the handout, we're going to be talking about the false church um, now. Uh, and, and I'll be honest with you, I almost bypassed this subject. Um, because it is a very controversial uh, subject. There's a lot of, in the theological world, there's a lot of opinions and, and different things. So I'm just going to share with you what I believe the Bible says about it, and we're just going to take it from there. <laughs> um but I want to start off. I want to start off by talking about something maybe a little different. Um, from the time that Jesus called his 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 apostles uh, at, at the Sea of Galilee, there there have well, it, it's going to be your first point here. There there have been those who have faithfully followed Christ in simple faith. There, you know, it, it. There have there have always been, from the from the time Jesus recruited his twelve apostles, <clears throat> there has always been a faithful remnant that has followed Christ. You know, there have been seasons over the over the years where that faithful remnant has been large, and then there have been seasons. Where it has been small, um, and what I think we are seeing today is that the 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 faithful remnant is shrinking in in the, in our world today, at least in our country. I I can't speak for the whole world, but it, I can say in our country there are fewer believers today than there were just 15 or 20 years ago. <clears throat> in the city, of, the city of Antioch is an interesting city. Uh, it was a it was a melting pot, if you would, um, for the um, for the known world. It was a it was a um, people from all over lived in Antioch. It was a very uh, diverse. That's the word I want to. That's the word I'm looking for. Very diverse um, uh, city. A lot of people from all over the world settled in Antioch because it was a it was a uh, a hub of uh, uh, commerce. Um, so it was an important city. Um, but anyway, your next blank here. Uh, believers in Antioch were visibly transformed by their faith in Christ. Okay. In in the city of Antioch, there was a church that, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. Your next blank here. Unbelievers saw something different in them and coined the new label Christian. Okay? Um, And this, this is really, really important we get a hold of this because... 
Uh, well, let, let's read Acts chapter 11 and verse 26. It says, uh, And when they had found him, he brought uh, him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Okay, so <clears throat> what um, who was the uh, see how do I how do I want to word this? Um, Who were the, what? What group of people came up with the title Christian? The non-Christians, the non-believers. Why was that? Okay, they saw the the unbelievers saw Christ likeness in believers. And they started to call them Christians. Can anybody tell me what the word Christian means? Okay, it, it literally means to be in the party of Christ. Okay, so it, it the literal. Uh, definition of the word Christian is to be of to be in the party of Christ, or to be Christ-like. So when we look at the church in Antioch, the unbelievers saw something drastically different in the lives of the believers in that church, and the. The phrase, uh, well, the, the word Christian only appears three times in Scripture. And it is always someone identifying someone else. In our society today, someone who goes to church calls themselves what? Christian, okay? What is the implication of that? Okay, that you're a follower of Christ. But see, that is a, the, the problem with that is the fact that it is a self-defining word that we use to define ourselves. And the question then becomes, are we churchgoers or are we Christians? Just because we go to church does not equal us being Christian. The phrase Christian in, in the context here is a defining word that defines a change 
that has taken place in someone's life. And they are no longer identifying with themselves from an outsider looking in. They are looking, the outsider looking in is saying, wow, I, I used to know Joe. And Joe is not Joe anymore. Joe acts more like Christ. And that is where the term Christian came. How do we know? No, no, no. We know because we've got scripture and stuff. Okay, but but didn't okay. Okay, but okay. When did when did you get saved? Well, I first accepted Christ when I was five. Okay, okay. So you grew up in church. Okay, I did not grow up in church. Okay, I had I I grew I didn't get saved until I was in the in the Navy. But I, as an unsaved person, knew what a Christian was supposed to be. I just knew. Well, there's no denying the flash Christ made here on earth uh, shortly after his time here on earth. Oh, absolutely. Another scholar in another town were writing about it. Right. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, Christ in this, in this time period had, had made a uh, global influence, if you would, even though he himself never left but a small area of Gal- uh, of, of uh, Israel, which is Galilee and that surrounding area. But his influence was worldwide. So everybody, just like... I, I, have, I have accused people prior to me being saved. I have I accused people of not being very Christian. Because, I mean, I went to high school with a bunch of people who went to church on Sunday morning, but on Saturday, Friday night, and Saturday night, they, we were partying together. And I would never have anything to do with the hypocrisy of their Christianity. See, so we all kind of know Everybody kind of knows what a Christian is supposed to be. And here in this in the town of Antioch, these people were seeing the lives of these these individuals being transformed. And they and they started calling them Christians. Now, let me ask you a question. Was this a a term of endearment or ridicule? It was ridicule. Absolutely, it was. No, I don't know about that, but it definitely was not a term of endearment. But what is it in our society today? Well, not anymore. It's not. But it was. It was. I mean, you know, there was a time where you know everybody wanted to be a Christian, even the Mormon Church identifies itself as Christian and it's anything but. Your next blank here. Ever since that time, those who belong to Christ have been known as Christians. And I I want to 
uh, well, let me let me let's go to the to the question and answer here, and then we'll talk about this again. <clears throat> question: Is there a difference between belonging and believing? The answer is: <clears throat> There's a huge difference. Huge difference. Just because someone is saved does not necessarily mean they are a Christian. But what do we tend to do? We attend, we tend to identify everybody who goes to church as being Christian. And that's not necessarily true. Right. Okay. Do you think? Okay. Do you think that everybody who went to the the church in Antioch was identified as a Christian or just a small group of, of believers in the church? Let, okay. Let's read. The, well, no. Let's. Let, yeah. Not everybody who's saved or not everybody who believes is a Christian. Okay. Just because somebody has put their faith and trust in Christ does not mean they are Christ-like. You don't, you don't follow me here. No, I'm not following you. Okay, let's... Well, let, let's, let's, read, let's read this verse again. And it says, And when he, and, and when he was found, that's being Paul, uh, found him, he was brought unto Antioch, and it came to pass... At a whole year, um, uh, that that a whole year, they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So, who were called Christians? Everybody in the church, the disciples, the ones that are Christ-like, the ones who have allowed. Jesus Christ to transform them. Paul put it this way, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We decide, we choose to allow Christ to change our lives. So not everybody who went to the Antioch church was labeled Christian, only a small group. You follow me now? So there is a huge difference between belonging to Christ and believing in Christ. Does that make sense? Because the word Christian means to be the party of Christ. The transforming power of the Holy Spirit in our lives only takes place when we allow it to take place. Any questions before we move on? <clears throat> Your next blank here. Over the years, many have attempted to pervert the simple gospel with man-made and man-exalting systems of religion.
anytime you take a religion, it is man man made and is man exalting, it is going to pervert the gospel. Most most mainline denominations have evolved into religions. Why? Anybody? Okay, they read the Bible how they want to, absolutely. But it be, the, the, the religion becomes about the church or the religion instead of a relationship with Christ. And, I, and, and the reason I wanted to talk about this in, in reference to the, to, to the false church is because as we dig into this, this, this false church, we are going to see everything that is anything but a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is going to be all about the religion. What is religion? Okay. Okay. What else? Anybody else? Rick? I didn't hear you. Okay. Okay. Religion. Religion is a is an open ended word that really can mean a lot. To to you know, everybody is going to look at religion a little differently. Uh, you know, I've, I've I've said this many times, and and I'll say it many more times. But you know, most people when they find out I'm a pastor, uh, the first thing they say is, "Oh, you're you're you must be religious." And and the first thing I I if I if I'm thinking right, the first thing I try and say is, "Boy, I sure hope not." Because I'm not I'm not interested in religion. You know, now I'm a Baptist, obviously, I'm a pastor of a Baptist church, but I I would hope to believe that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ before I'm a Baptist. My relationship with Jesus Christ is first and foremost. And and I have had people tell me, well, I don't want to be a Baptist. And I, I'm like, no, 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 no. Hey, the gospel has got nothing to do with what church you go to. The gospel is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And religion doesn't teach that. Religion says, hey, it's all about us. It's about our rules, our regulations. You need us in order to get to heaven. And, and, and relationship doesn't say that. You next blank here. Many cults and religions have deceitfully employed the title Christian to their own advantage. Okay. 
I remember back probably 20 years ago, I read a, uh, uh, an article written by, at the time, I, I, don't, I have no clue who it was, but it was the, the head of the Mormon church. I, I don't remember what his title is or whatever. Anyway, the head of the Mormon church, and he, he, it was in like USA Today, or it was in a mainline paper, and he just straight up said, Mormons are not Christians. Just, I mean, it was a quote. But now, what are they? What, how, how, do they how do they sell themselves as Christians? And I'm here to tell you they're not. But many, many cults, many religions have used the, 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 the term Christian to pull a lot of people in. Yes. In the, in the very strictest sense, and, and I, 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 I want to be careful I say this, in the very strictest of the sense of the, the term cult, the, the Catholic Church is really a cult in this very strictest definition of the word. But they claim Christianity. I'm sorry? Well, and and see, that's why I'm saying that most people, you, you know what, you know, most people, especially in my my generation and older, what do we think of a, when we hear the word cult? What do we think of? And if I say the name, most most of this older people will know, Jim Jones. Yeah, we think of fanatics and ultra extremists, but if you understand what the word cult means, you know, look it up sometime. I should I should have I should have had the definition. I didn't I didn't think we would get into this discussion, but um, but uh, <clears throat> it, it is it, it's 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 surprising. It, it would amaze you how many religions are out there that really when you start to examine it and really boil it down, they're they're, they fall into that category. So, you next blank here. <clears throat> In modern vernacular, not everybody who uses the term Christian could be considered a true Christian. And this is something that we need to get a hold of because 
Um, just because an organization calls itself Christian does not mean it is Christian. Okay? Just because an author of a book says that they're Christian does not mean that. We have to, we need to be really, really careful and discerning uh, when, especially when the word Christian is a self-labeled uh uh, uh, what's uh, I'm sorry, term. term. Yes. So when when something, someone, or some some organization is labeling itself as Christian, uh, we need to be really really careful because <clears throat> if you're going to go to Scripture and define the word Christian, it was the non-believers identifying a small group of believers within that church that showed the signs of being like Christ. Does that make sense? Okay. <clears throat> so even the even this struggle was taking place in the first century church, okay? This is not something new to the 21st century. Uh, it has been happening for well over 2,000 years. So in Jude, uh, verses 3 and 4, <clears throat> the Bible says, Beloved, uh, when... I give all diligence to write uh, unto you in the common uh, of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were uh, before of old or, uh, or, uh, ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of God into lasciviousness uh, uh, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So what was happening in the first century church? Very simply put, what was happening was People were coming into the church and they were, they were <clears throat> adding to the gospel. Okay? Yes, you need to believe in Jesus Christ, but you also need to do this. You need to... Be baptized in order to go to heaven. If you're not baptized, you can't go to heaven. Or, um, you know, uh, one of the common arguments was in the early church was, you know, who do you follow, Paul or Paulus or another preacher or another preacher? See, and any time a religion or a cult will take the Bible and say, you know what, you need Jesus Christ in your life, but it doesn't stop there. You also need to be part of our church. And you need to give your money to us. Or you need to bow to this statue, or you need to do this, or you need to do that. If you, if, if see, and that is, the, that is the trick of most cults. They will take Jesus Christ, 
but they will add works to salvation. And it's been happening for over 2,000 years. Your next blank here. The unseen battle rages between truth and distortion. What does... Let's go back to Genesis. The book of Genesis... Eve has an encounter with the serpent, right? What does the serpent do? Okay, all right, but how did he do it? Okay, okay, so so the 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 tricks of Satan have not changed since the garden. Okay? The word that I was looking for is the word deceive. Eve Eve was deceived. Why? Because Satan, Satan got her to doubt, to question or doubt the word of God. And he is still doing it today. To get us to a point where we, where we are distorted in our thinking because we read the truth, but then, did God really mean that? I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Oh, but God, God is loving, right? He wouldn't mean that, right? And that, and that, and we're going to talk more about that as we as we progress through here. <clears throat> but what does what does religion teach? Again. Huh? Many ways. Many ways. And that is, as we get into the false church, we're going to see how the, the false church is going to be a, a ever-evolving, um, what's the word? Um, uh, changing religion so that it can meet the needs of everybody. But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's important we understand that. In Revelation chapter 17, we're given a, a glimpse into the future um, as it describes how this war of spiritual and religion, uh, spirituality and religion, and it is going to culminate during the tribulation. And uh, so that's what, that's what we're going to kind of start talking about here. Uh, your next blank here, the ultimate uh, perversion of the truth will come in the form of an uh, apostate church. 
Okay, so this, this next statement I'm going to make here is, again, it's really important to understanding the false church. The, the global religious system, or the false church, will be so powerful that it will be accepted by and influenced with the Antichrist government. Okay? Um, and one of the things here is got to understand the, the Antichrist and the false church are two different entities. Okay? They're not the same. But the, the one, the false church <clears throat> is going to be so powerful and influential that the Antichrist will, it, it will influence the Antichrist, but yet he will have power over it as well. It's, it's, it gets very um, confusing, uh, if you would. But in Revelation, turn to, turn to the book of Revelation. Uh, chapter 17. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 17. It says, Upon her forehead was the name written, Mystery, Babylon, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and abomination of the earth. So, <clears throat> here in Revelation chapter 17, um, she, she or the church is called a harlot. Okay? Um, your next blank here. This uh, title points to her spiritual fornication uh, in her attempt to compromise truth and bring all religions together okay your next blank here the church will embrace many religious partners and sell her way into greater world influence and I use the word sell there on purpose because uh, she will literally sell herself, i.e. the harlot, the name harlot, but she will, com she will have no trouble compromising truth to gain power. In fact, I think that's your next blank here. Yeah, it is. Uh, she will be more concerned with power than with truth. Um, yes, I believe so. Your next blank here. She will, she will give herself over to the Antichrist eventually through the, 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 the tribulation period. Throughout Revelation 17, the false church 
is represented by a by a woman, the image of a woman, um, and the end times government is represented by a beast. Okay, um, the woman is sitting on the beast, picturing that during the tribulation, when the false church will ride the false government for a season of power. Does that make sense? It's all figurative, but the, the, the picture is that she is riding the beast and thus having the, what would appear to have power over the beast, but eventually it changes around and, and so on and so forth. So, <clears throat> any questions before we we go any further? I'm I'm thinking about maybe stopping right here because we're gonna we're we're gonna be getting into into some pretty deep stuff. Um, so, any any questions? Right. You have, you have the true light and then you have a false light. Right. Satan is always trying to. Right. And and okay, we we see it we see it in the Antichrist. He is going to do everything he can to look like he has all the attributes of Christ. Right. He will raise from the dead. He will he will um, have power and so on and so forth. Um, so the the antichrist. That's why he's called the antichrist because he will be the, the total opposite of Christ. The false church is going to do the exact same thing, but for the church, it's gonna the the false church is going to mimic the real church. Okay, does does that make sense? Um, they're gonna have unity. They're going to have, you know, um, uh, you know, one of the one of the things, and you know, I, I I don't know this, but one of the things that I've I've kind of had in my mind is that that many of the preachers of the false church will have good messages. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Well, but yeah, they won't be biblical, but they will be. They will be. You know, one of the one one of the things that scares me as a pastor is when somebody leaves the church on a Sunday morning, or you know, and they they and the the comment is, "Wow, I really enjoyed that message." Wow, are you supposed to enjoy the messages? Shouldn't conviction be a part of the messages? Now, I, I think I understand what they're trying to communicate to me, but at the same time, you know, my 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 thought is I don't know that we are supposed to necessarily enjoy messages. Does that make sense? Uh, am I losing you there? 
Okay, because what what is what is what is the point of coming to church? The point of coming to church is so that I can change my life even more today so that I can be more like Christ tomorrow. And that is, most of the time, that's a painful change, is it not? But I, I you know, I've had, you know, through the years, I've had many people say that to me, and my hope is, <clears throat> what they mean by that is, boy, God really spoke to my heart. That's, that's, that's my hope of what they mean by that. But I think what's going to happen during this period of time, and I, I can't prove it, I just, I, I, it is going to be a time where sermons and messages or whatever are going to appeal to that part of us where, oh, wow, that makes me feel really good. That's a red flag, yeah. Yeah, and we have we have pre- preachers that do it all the time now, you know. Just watch Joel Osteen. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. And and and. <laughs> right most of the time when you you say thank you for the word is what you normally say to me and and that is that is spot on that is what that is what we should be saying you know because what you know what we you know the the process of becoming a quote-unquote christian it's a long process and and it can be painful at times and there were many times that I sat in church growing up uh, in my walk with the Lord just feeling horrible, but glad that God never gave up on me. Because it's the Word that changes lives. So let's pray and we'll be done. Dear Lord, thank you. <clears throat> thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. We ask that you'd... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that you'd be with us tonight. Uh, help us, dear God, to get a hold of so many of these truths um, that literally can change our lives. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.